the Alex Ramosi, who's just all about the money. You're, you're happy just working, hats off, like go for it. Just do that, that's cool. If you're the starving artist that actually kind of likes being starving, like dude, fucking respect, like whatever. I just know that there's a lot of other people are in between there. They're like, I'm not gonna get married for business. And I also don't wanna be the broke starving artist. How can I travel? How can I live a life of adventure and fulfillment and challenge while being profitable with my passion? You're listening to Creative Entrepreneurship, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs looking to turn their passion into a more profitable business without sacrificing what you love. Today's episode is all about breaking down what is creative entrepreneurship and what is it not? I'm just gonna hit you from the ground running here, Jack. Creative entrepreneurship is the difference between those who are extremely money driven, and we all know those entrepreneurs who are just money motivated, but then you also know the other side of the spectrum, which are those artists, the super creative, too creative, if I dare say. <laughs> those are the people who ultimately become the starving artists versus the money power hungry individuals as well. And I, for one, know both of those people very well, some of them I'm even friends with. And the problem is that's not how you have to go about business. And there's so many people, influencers out there that I follow myself and I'm sure our viewers follow too. They follow Alex Ramosi who says, you know, it's all about the money. Grind. Grind. <laughs> You're working all day, every day. And then you have dinner with your wife, maybe a movie, a walk, hit repeat, no traveling, no adventure. No, no real, like, I don't know. Like it, to to me, me, that is not fun. And that's not why I built the business that I have today. And that's really the money hungry people. And I'm not saying that Alex Mosey is on the polar side of that spectrum, but there's people that do take it that much further. And it, it's almost in entrepreneurship. And I'm sur sure some of the entrepreneurs listening to this, and even just like sometimes our, our parents and sometimes our friends are in this like grind state or it's just all about the grind. And if you're not grinding, grinding, shame on you. You know, like how dare you go do that trip when you have this, this, and this going on. To be fair, Alex does say that, you know, this is not the life for everybody. It, he is doing what he enjoys, right? He talks a lot about, you know, why don't you take vacations? And he's like, why would I take a vacation from what I love doing? He's like, I love waking up and working on my business. So he isn't one of those like, I'm going to grind myself into the ground, burn myself out, just chasing dollars. Right. Right. Um, he, and I think he could almost to play devil's advocate, end up on the creative entrepreneur side because his art is business. His art is building businesses and he loves it. And that's all he wants to do. And he's figured out a way to do it for sure. In total respect to that. Like I, I respect that his hustle, but the important factor in my opinion, is that it's not a one size fits all. And while these influencers can be very loud at times where they, they're like, oh, Alex Mosey, like he is inspiring. He's, you know, making a ton of money. He's got all this fame. He's got all this power with, especially the influence that he has on social media today. So it becomes quite interesting to listen to. And you, start, at least for me, like I start to pick up on those things, but I've just realized in the past couple of years of doing business, I'm, uh, and I started, you know, six years ago, but in the past couple of years, even just following Hermosi, I have to draw the line where I see the video of him saying, I married my wife for business. And I'm like, okay, I will definitely listen to some of your sales tactics. Even some of the diet videos are kind of interesting, like mm -hmm. getting a ton of protein from Chipotle, right? But sure as shit, I am not going to be marrying my wife based on business. 
uh, and like even his engagement story is a topic for another time. Wild. Let's go into that later. Um, but here's the kicker is it's not just the money driven. There's also the super creatives that are too creative. And I'll, I'll replace creative with too passionate. And that's a big thing that we hear a lot is they, um, the money hungry people love to say, fuck your passion. Like stop doing business for your passion. Your passion is not where the money is. You need to be doing, you need to business lets you do your passion. Exactly. Make yeah. a ton of money and then you can go start painting some, you know, portraits, whatever your thing is. Right. But that's, that's garbage too. There's like these polars are not the only way to live life. You and by the way, those people who are on the super passionate side are also typically the ones that I've literally heard myself say, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's what I was about to say. You know, we look at the entrepreneur grind type saying, don't follow your passion, follow the money, right? Just make more money, then you can do your passions later. And then on the opposite side, the, the ultra creatives call it selling out, right? Yes. When you want to sell your artwork, you're a sellout. You're not doing it for the passion anymore. Or you go take a corporate job and yep. now, oh, uh, dude, selling out. Unreal. And you and I are both surfers. We love to surf. We love to do more than just surfing, just action sports, adrenaline, adventure. It's just kind of our thing, right? Yeah. Um, and in the surf industry, you know, and you can almost literally see the surf bums yeah. who are just sitting there on the beach and like, oh, and what I hear from them, because I'm actually friends with some of them, you'll hear them say like, oh, that guy is like, you know, cashing out. Like he's working for the man, you know, selling out. Is yeah. Exactly, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but I think that that quote, I remember the first time that I heard someone so passionately saying money is the root of all evil. I was at lunch with this person who was, I was actually, I was super young and I was looking to just get like a high school job. And they were, they were like, listen, Max, money is the root of all evil. We don't care about money. And here I am like trying to get a job from this person. And I, I immediately, as like a 17 year old, I was like, fuck this. This is not what I want to be doing. I know that money is important, but I also know that passion is important. And I want to, I want to figure that bit out. Now, meanwhile, as I was 17, I was going into college for finance and economics specifically is what I studied did the finance route, went to New York City, had the whole like start of a finance career, but I kind of stopped my feet for a second. And I don't know if we want to go too much into my story, but just for context for people as we're at Podcast Zero <laughs> right now, is um, you know I, I started doing that finance route, but then I was like, wait a second, I'm young enough to make a pivot in my life, you know, even before I have a wife, before I have kids, before I have, like get too much into a career, I can make a pivot to do something that I know I'm not just good at because I was good at finance, just bluntly saying, but I knew that I could be good at something and really enjoy doing that thing as well. And I just needed to pivot and figure that bit out. And so while I completely disagree with the fact that money is the root of all evil, I know that money amplifies our morals and our values. So certainly if you are a corrupt person, if, if you just have these negative inclinations at times, maybe it's, maybe, and I know some people listening to this, that might be, this might be you, you might have negative inclinations against your relationship with your loved one. Like meaning you're on Instagram looking at all, all these babes that you follow. And meanwhile, you, you're dating this woman or engaged or maybe even married to this woman, but here you are like scrolling through all the babes on Instagram maybe double tapping and God forbid, like going further than that. Um, 
but I'll tell you what, money makes it so much easier to have those babes then come into you and testing your morals, testing your values. Money makes it th that much easier if you ever want to do anything with them. Money amplifies your morals and values, not just in a negative way. It also does it in that positive way. Money also amplifies the great assets. When, when you value deep relationships with people, where you're like, no matter how many of these Instagram babes <laughs> start sliding in the DMs, I'm gonna say no over and over. And actually pulling a page from Alex Ramosi's book, he actually talks about uh, like the girl in the red dress. Yeah. And the girl in the red dress is only going to, as you make more and more money and as your status and power gets more and more, that girl in the red dress is only going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. And what are your morals going to do about that? Yeah. When she becomes more attractive, when shit, you know, when, when you're in your house and you know, you're not doing so well with, you're, you're just going through a stint with your loved one. How about the morals then? You're, you're just tried, tested and true and money is not the root of all evil. But I will say that money amplifies evil when it's there. Well, and you look at guys, I mean, we're talking about Alex from Rosie a lot, right? But he wears flannels and jeans. <laughs> like he doesn't... Jean shorts. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Dude does... And like Crocs, I think. And he doesn't own... He doesn't even have a house right now. He sold all of his like personal belongings. The dude just cares about business. And then on the other side, people make their first 10K a month and they're out buying a Lambo and Rolexes and like spending every cent that they have. Hmm. And... I think that's a good example of money amplifying who you are. Mm -hmm. Alex lived in his gym for the first, you know, couple of months or years of his career. He's basically doing the same thing now. He's renting houses and just kind of living wherever he is, but he loves what he's doing mm -hmm. and he would be doing it if he was back living in his gym. Um, yes. Yeah. I think you can't test, you can't be sure of somebody's morals until they've made enough money. For sure. Yeah. That's a great point <laughs> because it just gets that much easier. And yeah. like how it's not just, are you a good guy? How good of a guy are you? Yeah. Are you, are, you're not just a good husband, a good, a good business owner. How good of a business owner? Same thing with passion. And this is why, you know, I'm so fired up to do this creative entrepreneurship because this is like the journey that I've taken myself is I've, I've leaned into that money driven aspect and don't get me wrong. There is a part of me that is money driven. I think that is extremely important. To Everyone have. is money driven. <laughs> To, to some extent, extent. To some extent. Yeah. And it's just how much? How much is it? But that's the thing. There are those people that are saying, like, money is the root of all evil. And I know for a lot of people that are listening to this, they're not saying money is the root of all evil. But it is so important to balance yourself. And the reason why we call it creative entrepreneurship is so that you can tap into your passion and generate a profitable, a more profitable business by leaning into your passions, leaning into what you do care about and ultimately having a position that's between the, the money driven side and the passion driven side. And that's just something that I myself went through. So, you know, after that finance career, I'm just kind of walking proof of it, which is why I'm doing this podcast and why I feel confident even talking on this subject is that's where I, I needed to make a big shift. I was like, I'm getting into a career path that is just money driven. I, the backstory is I grew up in Florida and I saw these mansions on the beach and I asked my mom one day, I was like, mom, what are these guys doing? She's like, oh, they're in finance, right? I'm like, I'm going to be in finance, right? I want to be rich. Like most guys, I want to be rich. I want to be wealthy. But then when I got into that career path, as I said, I did New York city, did the whole thing. I needed to make a switch and 
I was always that kid in high school running around with a GoPro at the time. And me and my buddies would just do like kind of cool adventures, whether it's surfing, surfing, dirt biking, you name it. I was the one always doing the video of us and kind of making these like just fun montages that were yeah. more like music videos than anything. But after I came back from that finance career, my roommate at the time like realized how stressed I was because it's a big decision. If you're going from like just a money motivated career path to trying to tap more into the passion, I mean, depending on your relationship with your mom, your mom might be the only person that might be like, go for it, honey, you know? And your dad might be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like in most people's stances, right? Um, and, and so here I was and my roommate could tell I was stressed beyond belief. And I didn't know, I didn't know I would be getting into video that is my passion and the basis of my business. But he asked me at the time, he was like, Max, when was the last time you made just one of those cool videos you know, like you used to, like, I, I don't know. And he's like, well, what are you doing this weekend? And at that, at that time, that weekend, I was taking one of my buddies uh, for his birthday to go diving with sharks, pretty adrenaline Sick. pumping yeah. uh, off the coast of Florida here. And he's like, do a video of that. So I go and I do a video of that over the weekend. Uh, come back, the video is complete. Start posting it to my socials. The company that actually took us out on that shark dive reached back out to me. They were like, yo, that was an incredible video. Can we buy that from you? And I think it was like 500 bucks or something like that. I can't remember how much exactly it was, but it was, it was a little bit of change in my pocket. And I was like, this light bulb moment went off where I realized, what if I apply everything that I learned in finance, which typically has to do with being great with numbers and working well with people, especially if you're like a you know, financial advisor or something, it's very relationship-based, uh, or even like investment banking, you need to be you know, actually good with relationships or long-lasting ones. And I was like, what if I apply everything that I learned from the numbers and working with people and apply that to the creative world, which most creative people, videographers, painters mm -hmm. and everything, they suck at the numbers and they suck working with people because typically they're really good at putting their head down and just being super creative with whatever their craft is. And that was where the opportunity was. And I was like, I'm gonna approach the video world with this great understanding of numbers, people, and this passion of creativity that I have um, and that's what ultimately started my first business that quite honestly completely failed. Uh, <laughs> I had a, I had a business partner at the time. I will not say his name. <laughs> Why would his... you have a business partner for starting a brand new business? I mean, <laughs> the only ships that sink are partnerships. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but that, that was a true story. It, and, um, I, and it was a big ass decision. It was like my life was changing. The years and years that in years that I spent in the finance uh, development path were were now subject to my con to, subject to the unknown, which is actually scarier than the known. Well, and that's what's crazy, or not crazy, but in finance, everything is so structured. Your promotions are structured. Like you know when you're going to start making real money, mm. and when you leave to go to entrepreneurship there is no guarantee of anything and yeah that's a big there's change. almost the guarantee of failure oh, yeah. because when you look at the Percentage, statistics yeah, yeah it, it's what in the first five years uh 90 of businesses fail in the first 10 years uh 95 of businesses fail we can do fact, check, fact yeah. checks and put them up on the screen or in, in the show notes but um that's that's like that's basically your guarantee yeah. it's like if you're like 90 percent of or 95 percent of people you're going to fail. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's where the competitive nature comes in. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm that 5%, right? I'm the one that's going to 
make this different. And that's where I, I just ultimately, you know, went into it. And I don't say, by the way, here's the thing. Like I get a lot of people like follow like freaking Andrew Tate and like all these very, very bold, like even, even Hermosi does it sometimes where it's like, he'll, he'll talk about how much money he makes and, um, or you, you follow the people that flash the Rollies, they flash, flash the Lambos. I'm not talking about this story, hopefully to like brag or to run this podcast. I'm doing it because I see so many other people out there. And whenever I have conversations with other creatives, I realize like they're they're looking for a bit of an answer. They're looking to skip a couple of steps, even just skipping one step in the process that might skip them a big headache or a big financial problem is crucial. So here I am with my business partnership at the time that uh, I was in charge. So it was a content marketing business and the way that my business partner and I saw it at the time was, all right, well, he was, as he said, he was really good at the marketing strategy and I was good at the content creation side of things. Perfect. Let's do a business together. Split it all 50-50 and, you know, <laughs> what could go wrong? Um, everything went wrong. Uh, we basically, you know, ended up splitting paths actually quite amicably, but um, that's when I wasn't over yet. I was like, no, just because I failed once. Did you have any success? We did have clients. Like, it's not like we, we just like so had like an you, idea. You tasted it a little bit. Oh yeah. yeah, we tasted a little bit, but like the whole back end was wrong. Yeah, like the the vision was great, you know, like the of forward course. seeking yeah. was like oh. vision's easy. <laughs> yeah, but the, it was the back end fulfillment. I mean, I was, I was grinding. I was working hard. The marketing strategy. I mean, it, it wasn't. It, it was. It, it's a teamwork. I can't just say that it was his fault. It was also my fault to an extent. Absolutely. But I knew that when that thing failed, when that first business failed, I was like, there's more in the tank. We can fucking rock. Let's like, and I'm like speaking to myself. I'm like, let's go, let's make this happen. Um, and that's where I needed to, you know, looking at the passion is like, we had the passion, we had the vision, right? But the money side of things and even just the logistics of fulfillment needed to be dialed much, much better. And I was, after that, I was a one man band for a, a long time. Then I remember hiring like my first assistant that would help me go on these content shoots and mind you i was i was just a videographer shooting around the country i was going from like miami to new york i was actually back in new york for a little while um california times and uh and so the story goes that ultimately we hired one assistant to to help me out she she may or may not have been my sister um <laughs> but hey when you, rule number one of entrepreneurship use what you have yeah. and i already had a, a core you know relationship with my sister and she actually had an interest to get into this like type of content marketing space and so uh she was doing more of the uh, client facing work and i was doing and she put it on her resume as an internship yeah <laughs> oh yeah for sure and um and so ultimately the the team of two um became three four four became eight eight, 16, 32, uh, those numbers just kept on multiplying. And now we have a pretty damn big team today, relatively speaking. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's, it's absolutely doable to take your passion, but to be super freaking tactical. And that's what this podcast is all about to be tactical with how you can take your passion and turn it into a more profitable business. And you did, you actually mentioned this earlier today, not just more profitable money wise, a big, you know, one of our slogans here with the podcast is going to be without sacrificing what you love. Like, what if you're profiting more time to go surf or to spend more time with your kids or to go, go on that snowboard trip, that ski trip, or that, that trip to Italy that you've always dreamt about, you know, what if you're profiting in those ways? Of course, money's going to be able to back it and maybe amplify those, make them happen easier, faster, but that's what we're all about here. 
Yeah, I think, <clears throat> and this might be a topic for another podcast, but we talked about this the other day about limiting beliefs and how a lot of people in that creative space have those limiting beliefs because you see the people at the top. And in these tiny niches like photography or videography, um, even the sub-niches like sports photography, sports videography, you look at somebody who's doing what you'd want to do and think, well, how am I supposed to compete with them? They've got you know the backing of Red Bull or they've got the backing of one of these major sports companies. Um, and I think people, a lot of people just stop themselves there where they're like, oh, that guy already did it. There's no room left. Or, or yeah, and just to add in, maybe another example is that dude's got wealthy parents that yeah. are just like kind of financially supporting him. And, and I didn't come from anything, which I vibe with because my parents were phenomenal, like great parents, really great parents. Um, but just being a bit transparent with my audience and maybe my parents are watching this, but uh, mom and dad, hope, hopefully you don't mind this uh, sharing, but I mean, they gave me a checking account, savings account, but, but there was basically nothing in it. Like, I didn't, I didn't have anything like there, there was, there was nothing. And funny enough, they, they were, by the way, they did pay for my college, full transparency. That is something that I'm forever grateful for, even though I called my dad one time saying, Hey, I want to drop out. Uh, cause I started running a business and it was working, but, uh, I was starting to get a client or two and I was like, Oh, I'm making money. Like people get diplomas to, to, to get a client, to make money. And I already have a little bit of money coming in. Yeah. This will never stop. Exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, after the fact, and here's like a part of like a different tangent to my story that also happened around the same time of me going on the one man van train is it wasn't just like immediate success thereafter. And you know, often never ever land. I ran myself into the fucking ground actually. Um, financially, I was not good with my numbers. The one thing that was like my, le my leverage for years actually was not accounted for properly. Um, and I ultimately was spending more money than I was making. And that goes quick. That's like bleeding. Yeah. And when you're bleeding and you, sometimes you don't even know it, right? Uh, you think of like a movie is like, oh my God, I've been bleeding this whole time, right? And then you look down and it's like kind of this worrying moment. I mean, same thing financially. You're like, holy shit, this is serious and I need to fix this immediately. So, I mean, this is maybe going too deep into the story, but yeah, I mean, I was fucking, I was down. Like I was down on the ground, <laughs> literally sleeping in my buddy's like outside basically shed. <laughs> It wasn't like a metal shed. It was this like concrete shed with no AC, no windows, by the way. Or sorry, there was one <laughs> slit. It was almost like a freaking jail cell. One slit at the very top. Um, I literally couldn't even afford a, a mattress at the time. Um, I, I had a freaking, um, I, oh gosh, it like gives me chills. It kind of makes me emotional. But have, I, I had like a pillow that I was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to make it. I'm gonna, I got this. And then one of my other buddies at the time, which by the way, they're freaking great friends. Like they, they told me like, you know, you're allowed to sleep on the couch. You're allowed to do this. But I just felt wrong. Like I didn't, like, I didn't want that type of, I didn't want them to know how bad I had it. So like oftentimes I wouldn't even let them into the shed. I'd be like, no, it's good. I'm like turning that into my own home, like type of thing. <laughs> but whenever they would come by, I would lock the, like have, there was a little lock on it, lock the door, fucking not let them in. Cause I didn't want them to like see my living situation. And like upward, you know, upfront with them, it's like we would go get lunch and we would do those things. I left, I let go of the one of the main, most important things that we need to have as creative entrepreneurs is that entrepreneurial mindset on ensuring that the money is there, not just in income, 
um, but in expenses in the proper way. And so that was a big wake up call. And one of my buddies actually kind of like barged in one time and then he saw that I wasn't sleeping on a mattress and, um, maybe it was, you know, just kind of convenience, uh, or not convenience, but, uh, uh, good timing on his part. But he was like, Oh, I had to get a new mattress myself. So you can have my old one. Right. I think it was just him freaking looking out for homies. And, um, that was, that was really big. That was like a huge moment in our friendship. And, um, and, uh, you know, forever grateful for that. And that's like what I needed. I needed that bit of support, um, from friends. Uh, cause you, you know, you never know. Cause I was doing a damn good job hiding it from them. Um, but you never know what your buddies are running into. Cause you might not be the person who's broke. Your buddy might be, you would just would have no idea, right? They're not going to tell you not, not upfront, m- not most likely going to tell you. Um, but yeah, creative entrepreneurship, leveraging, not just your, not just your passion and not just being money driven, but finding that, that right balance of both. Yeah. Turning your passion into profit. Mm-hmm more profit. It's fun because now it's, now it's, you know, once you feel the taste of like great profit, you're like, Oh shit, I could cruise control. I know a lot of people that kind of hit that profit moment where they're maybe they're, they're making their six figures. Right. And your first time making six figures is this big milestone. You're like, yes, now this, this is what it's all about. Right. Now a lot of people can cruise control right there and they just hit cruise control and they're good to go. There's some other people like me that are like, no, (laughs) <laughs> that's where, that's where you want to take more profit and, and not just money. Right. That's where, you know, Megan and I are engaged right now. We're getting married soon. We're thinking about like family and stuff. And, and I'm literally like looking forward. I'm making projections to be like, what type of ultimate profit do I want to be having myself so that I can provide for my family in the best way? Profit of time, profit of money, profit of adventure, profit of, of getting out and surfing, focusing, prioritizing your health. How many fat, rich dudes are out there? Yeah, a lot. Too many, probably. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but going to, I, I mean, here's the kicker. Like, if you're happy being either the Alex Mosey, who's just all about the money, and you're, you're happy just working, dude, hats off. Like, go for it. Just do that. That's cool. If you're the starving artist that actually kind of likes being starving, like, dude, fucking respect whatever i just know that there's a lot of other people like us that and we know these people too there's a lot of other people like us that are in between there they're like i'm not going to get married for business and i also don't want to be the broke starving artist how can i travel how can i live a life of adventure and fulfillment and challenge while being profitable with my passion creative entrepreneurship dot com i don't know we don't have that yet (laughs) (laughs) one day one day uh Gang, that is episode zero coming at you. Now, here's the thing. After we've established what is creative entrepreneurship, the obvious next step is to go learn more in depth on what exactly we are doing to show you more behind the scenes, how exactly, and we get very, very tactical, exactly take your passion and turn it into more profits. So wherever you hang out online, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, you name it, we're there posting more of this content, both podcasts and talking at videos, filming, vlogs, behind the scenes, whatever you're your social media fancy is find us there let's hang out together shoot us a message hit this follow subscribe button you know the freaking deal find us follow us and engage creative entrepreneurship coming at you